backstage look of the makeup industry. Join me weekly as we discuss life as a makeup artist, business, beauty tips, and share dialogue with the top professionals in our industry. Collectively, we'll unpack the highs and lows, laugh, and grow together. And I'm your host, Brittany Rogers. I'm a freelance TV, film, and beauty editorial makeup artist. This is your official backstage pass because I'm taking you behind the scenes of the beauty industry. Welcome to BTS with Brit. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of BTS with Brit. I am super excited to share today's episode because this is our first guest episode of season three. And today we are talking to Renata Kelly Rippa. She is a makeup artist and hairstylist who specializes in broadcast television and film. She is the owner and senior artist of Capital Bride, which is an inclusive bridal beauty service for modern luxe weddings and elopements in the DMV area. She has worked with clients such as Netflix, NFL, CNN. She's worked with the Obama administration, the State Department, and Fox News. She is also one of my good friends and mentors in the industry and just one of the sweetest artists that you will ever meet. This conversation was so inspiring and heartwarming. And I always tell you guys that when we have guests on the podcast, it's not only for you to elevate you, but me too, because I needed this conversation and it was amazing. But before we get into today's episode, I want to let you guys know I have something very special, major, big, all of that in the works for you all. And I don't want you to miss it. So what I want you to do is go to www.brittanyrogersevents.com and become a member of my exclusive backstage crew. Guys, we have made backstage crew a real thing. Now, if you go and you sign up, all you have to do is enter your name and your email address. You'll be the first to know about what I'm dropping, and you'll also get additional VIP perks. So I don't want you guys to miss that. Again, go to www.BrittanyRogersEvents.com and become a backstage member. But anyway, listen, grab your notebooks. Grab your pens, okay? Because Renata is dropping gems and you don't want to miss it. All right, guys, let's roll on this episode. Renata, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Right before we jumped on, like I was telling you, I went live and my followers were so excited to have you as a guest. So just thank you so much for coming back because you were hanging with me on live during the pandemic. Yes, I had a lot of fun and I was um, very honored when you asked me to come back again and and do another sit down with you. So I'm so excited. Thank you. Of course. Well, uh, listen, you're one of my favorite artists and I'm not just saying that for the podcast. You know, I'm always up in your DMs. So but I thought, (laughs) yes, I definitely had to have you. So tell us. How did you get into makeup and what did your family think? And I always say, what did your family think? Because I hear some of the craziest stories. And I think a lot of the up and coming artists think that they're the only ones that go through the the disapproval of mm-hmm. family. And that's just not true. So share your story with yeah. us. Yeah. You know, I um, my first makeup job was I was a freelancer at Mac, but I was in a, a different career totally. I come from a banking and finance background and I, it was just one of those things where it's, oh, it's stable. You can work in this career for 20, 30 years and retire. Um, But it it just wasn't, I felt like it wasn't what I really was passionate about. Um, And so I was like, you know what? Let me just try to get a freelance job and do it. You know, at that time, Mac was like the end all be all uh, you know, for makeup artists. And uh, so I started at Mac and I'm not quite sure what my family thought. I mean, um, they didn't really come out and say, why are you doing that? You know, but I think I projected um, what maybe I thought other people were thinking because I, I did come from such a 
professional corporate type of a career and transitioning into makeup during a time where it really wasn't as popular or there really wasn't a clear pathway. Like how do you really become successful as a makeup artist? And so I, I think they were supportive in the sense of, Hey, pursue your dream. Probably a little worried, like how is she going to take care of herself? And at the time I had a child, my son was um, five years old. He's now almost 22 um, newly divorced and I moved to a different area. I'm originally from Richmond and moved to the DC area. So just a lot of changes happening at the same time. So I think they just wanted me to be okay and be safe and just have some stability. Um, but I think initially it was me not quite sure if I was going to be able to make them proud being that it wasn't a traditional path if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. I never knew that, like, you upped and moves and divorced and had a five-year-old. Yeah, it was... (laughs) I got into makeup out of necessity. And necessity in the sense of really trying to figure out my path and what was my life going to be like going through so many transitions. I call it my quarter-life crisis. I think I was probably 27, 28, um, and that's kind of late starting from the ground up, uh, whereas most people start a lot younger. And so I, I'd like to tell people that it's never too late. Um, you know, I was almost 30 years old and I mean, starting at, you know, basic level retail coming from already having a, a career established, you know, it, that was a pretty risky move, but it was necessary. Mm-hmm. And I don't regret it at all. <laughs> that was, in the words of Michael Todd, a crazy faith move, because look at you now. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about now. How did you get from, well, go from working at the counter to getting into yeah. broadcast? Because you're very much known for broadcast, TV and film, and your own camera yeah. uh, personality work. Yeah. Um, Your network is everything. And I can't stress enough how important it is to have other artists around you in the profession. Um, To get into TV, especially broadcast, it really is you have to know somebody. (laughs) Um, It's such a small piece of the pie. Those jobs are so coveted. I mean, people get there and they stay there like they ride it out like forever. And so to get into those spaces is a is a pretty big deal. Um, and in the DC area, you have to know how to do hair and makeup. And I'm gonna say, you have to know how to do both equally well, mm-hmm. okay? Um, when I started, I, I'm a makeup artist first, and I kind of added hair to the skill set um, by working with brides. Um, that's how I started even considering doing hair. Um, but as you know, bridal hair is completely different from TV hair. And so I just really had to sharpen that skill set. Um, and then just really relying on my network and getting in that way and starting out as a freelancer. I started out, um, freelancing with CNN and Fox. And um, that's kind of how I became kind of more familiar with that particular lane. Mm. So how did you feel coming from a freelancer to freelancing with, well, freelancing doing brides and being at the counter to now you're working with CNN and Fox doing primetime news is pressure. So how did you handle that? Um, I rely heavily on skills from my past career. I worked in the financial industry, but I worked 100% commission. So that means you, there is no base salary, everything that like, you've got to really generate that money on your own. And so that was very familiar, that hustle, that grind, that um, customer, keeping that client retention, that was very familiar to me. And so I'm so grateful for having that past experience so getting into the freelancer, I applied the same principles. Um, but I never imagined 
getting into TV. Like it just didn't dawn on me. I thought I was just going to have a business where I do women's makeup for special events for, I had no idea that even T like there was even a lane really for TV. Um, so, you know, your career just kind of takes these different paths and you don't even know what's available. Again, relying on my network of other artists in the area, you learn about different lanes. You learn about different things that you can do to really diversify yourself as an artist. And so, um, it, it has been the most unbelievable experience because I've, I learned a new skill set. My network of people has grown tremendously. Um, and it's just a, a awesome resume booster because people see that on your resume and automatically there's this trust that they instill in you. So it has just been all around a, a great experience. And I just encourage artists who are interested in really diversifying their offerings as an artist is to consider learning hair and being, you know, we're, we're known as unicorns. You know, if you're able to do both hair and makeup really, really well, right. um, you're really in a small pool of artists. And so the opportunity is really there for you. You're pretty much the, the high hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. That is so true. I remember when I got into makeup and my mentor at the time kept telling me, you need to learn how to do hair. And I was like, uh-uh, I don't need to learn how to do hair because I'm a makeup artist and they're going to want me for that. And so, mm-hmm. like you said, just being in the network of certain artists, it just launched me into production. So then having to trace my steps and go back to cosmetology and learn hair and everything yeah. was nerve wracking yeah. and very time consuming because it's like, okay, I need to be on set, but I also need to learn how to do this hair so that I don't get yeah. on set and try to do something right. and ruin it. Because I tell people all the time, production is not the place to try to play around in somebody's hair and makeup. Right. Yeah. Especially in television too. And I work at a network that is um, a very highly visible network. And so initially when I got there, and, and you also have to, um, and this is important when you're working in a makeup room at a network, is really being there to learn and to open yourself up and humbling yourself and seeing what you can really pick up from other artists. And I was just kind of, you know, people think, oh, you're sitting there being quiet and antisocial. I'm learning. I'm learning um, different techniques from other people. And so also, too, I committed, you know, on my shift, you know, I would get with myself. I was like, you know what, today, guys, I'm going to just focus on hair. And I would force myself to just do hair all, all day. And that helped me get more comfortable with the tools and the process. And working in a newsroom, you have to really be able to think ahead and process how you do things because you might think, oh, I might have 45 minutes to an hour. And they're like, no, we need to take her like in five minutes. And so you got to really wrap your brain around how to process a look so that you can be ready at any moment's notice. Mm, Yeah, because the Mm -hmm. the pressure and just all the transition, like you said, I assisted for maybe two days in a newsroom and the amount of change that takes place in a matter of seconds is just unbelievable. Yeah. So for an artist, it's not a place for ego. You know, you got to be really to kind of jump in and shape shift and, you know, do all kinds of things. So it's, it's, it's a really uh, exciting time to be, uh, but you also have to be very aware. Mm hmm. Yeah, I always tell, I I know I keep saying this, but with artists who are new, I tell them production, news, commercials is not the place you want to try to get BTS because at any moment, (laughs) the production is shifting. We're all one team, one sound, one band here. Let's put our egos to the side and just work together to make the bigger picture work, which is the talent on the camera. Yes. So because we know that the D.C. area, uh, if you're going to work in production, broadcast news, you have to know how to do both hair and makeup. What are some Mm -hmm. basic techniques or styles do you think that upcoming artists should learn uh, just to kind of get their skills started? Yeah, the, the number one thing that I think will really set you apart is knowing how to do a blowout and using your blow dryer and your round brush. 
And um, if you can just get very confident in that process, um, it will really set you apart from others. And that's something that I had to, you know, being fully transparent is that something I had to really learn and master. Uh, it was not my strong suit. Like I could style hair, I could curl the hair, I could tease the hair and place it. But having that round brush uh, capabilities kind of really sets you apart. It's like, okay, like she's a real hair artist. She's a real hair stylist. And people kind of look at you different if you're able to kind of really master that skill. Um, but it's just also too is, and I keep saying this, is knowing how to um, have a plan in your head. Okay, what is the end result I'm trying to get to? And not creating too much work for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like really thinking about how you want to build a style. Because uh, also too, you, you create all of these additional steps for yourself. And at the end, it, you still got to that one stop, but you could have cut out like five different steps. Um, and then just knowing what your products can do for you. I, I did a lot of product research. You'll try different things and then you'll just really develop your own um, love of uh, products that you just absolutely love that you have to have and your own, your own style. So once I started knowing those basic techniques, I started thinking about, okay, well, what is going to be my signature style? What is Renata going to be known for? Um, and so that's when I kind of transitioned. You never stop learning. I went from, okay, let me just master this to, okay, now what kind of stylist do I want to be known for? What is going to be like my signature look? I love that. Especially mm -hmm. with the times that we're in with social media, it's so easy to get caught up in what's trending that you forget. Yeah. No, you want to be known for your own style. The best artists mm -hmm. in our industry, hair and makeup, are known for creating their own lane. And I always yeah. use Bobby Brown as an example. Bobby Brown mm -hmm. was very big in what? That was like the 80s when blue eyeshadow yeah. and big pink blush all on the forehead and the yeah. nose was a thing. And she decided to step yeah. out and do clean beauty makeup. So yeah. I love that yeah. you keep in mind, what, what do you want Renata's clients to look like? What is your mm -hmm. style and your trend that you're going to be known for? Right. It really helps you niche down too. And that way you don't have to feel like you're taking everybody. You're not aligning yourself with clients or projects that, aren't authentic to you. Um, mm -hmm. But again, that takes time. You know, it's, it's not something that you're going to know to think about your first year to five years, you know. In the beginning, it's really just the hustle, getting those clients, making money, you know, figuring out what products, how to build a kit. It's so much. Um, when you get to that point where you really start developing your own personal style, um, you've kind of been in the industry for a little while and you can kind of stabilize and you can kind of shift your thinking a little bit. Yeah, you can kind of relax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> relax. And now you're kind of coasting like, okay, I can kind of do my thing. Mm -hmm. Now I'm in here. I have yeah. space to kind of create yes. my own lane and my own vision of what I want makeup and hair to look like, which is a great space yeah. to be in. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that uh, you have to find certain products that work for you. What are mm -hmm. your top three or let's say five makeup essentials that you have to have on set? Um, my, my tried go-to, um, especially for male grooming, Studio Fix Powder. I know it's an oldie but goodie, but honestly, for male grooming, it's one of the best products as far as coverage. Um, it's one of the, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things you have to have for male grooming. Cause in TV, you're going to do a lot of male grooming. Um, for women, um, I kind of go back and forth, but as far as a hair product, I love Kendra's um, dry volume product. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it just really kind of adds some grittiness to the hair. <laughs> You know, when you're adding heat or blow drying, you need a little bit of grittiness for it right. to kind of hold. So I love that product. And um, I'm really big on organization. I'm really big on 
having your kit organized and knowing exactly what it is that you need, not filling it up with a lot of things that you're not even going to use. Um, I travel a lot for work. So having like a nice um, kit bag that I can travel with at the airport on planes. Um, so it's really what is going to make my life easier. So that's, that's kind of what I'm into right now. What is going to really help me create looks efficiently um and you know make my life easier I can totally relate to that make my life easier and less load on my back um, yeah because I don't want to carry all these bags around my current kit mm-hmm. is about this big probably about as big as yep. well I can just open it up my brushes and everything are right there and everybody's yeah. so amazed like you have all your makeup in that it's like yes because I don't yeah. need you yeah yeah, you don't need seven yeah, eyeshadows to do <laughs> the no. five, six people. All you need is the basics. Mm-hmm. You need the basics. You need I the wish basics, I knew that so. when I first started because I was spending money left and right buying every palette that was coming out just to say I had it. It was crazy. I know. I'm kind of in this phase now, though, where it's like, oh, you get you do get bored with some of your stuff. And so I've during this pandemic, I've really invested in some, you know, trying some different things and had a lot of pleasant surprises. So I think you kind of go in first. But I think if you're just starting out, especially when you're trying to manage your finances, um, spending a whole lot of money on eyeshadow palettes is not where you want to uh, use your resources. It is like foundations. It is about organization, like your brushes, um, investing in a good website, mm-hmm. um, even attire. I, I'm really big on how you show up for yourself and how you show up at a job. So investing in um, some nice black pants, a couple of nice shirts, a nice black blazer that's classic. Um, some comfortable shoes. Like, I would see women showing up and they got on heels. They got on. I was just like, where are y'all going? Like, are y'all ready to work? Or And it, it used to make me feel a certain type of way. I'm like, ooh, let me try to get myself. And I'm like, okay, that is not realistic. <laughs> I, listen, I remember working in a studio once and all the women had on, you know, they're all black in their heels. And me... I had on, I think, dress pants, a blazer, but I always wear, like, vans, something that I yeah. can kind of, it, it looks cute with my business casual, but I can also get low yeah. and run behind the talent. So I used to look at Absolutely. them like, the same, y'all not ready to work, huh? Because if you she right. starts running in the hall, <laughs> and I got to run and touch Hello. her up behind her, it's not going to happen mm-hmm. in the heel. <laughs> Why yeah, am I you got to you got to be comfortable. You can be professional. You can be polished, but you can be comfortable. Mm-hmm. So Comfortable, but read the room. And mm-hmm. with the production scene in the D.C. area, there's not too many of us uh, on commercial work. So I think yeah. not only do we have to show up and know how to do the work, but we have to look the part. Yeah. We're yeah. not going to get Absolutely. looked at the same way if we come in T-shirt and jeans versus our business casual attire. So I always say, read the room. Yeah. And yep, read the room. Read the room and come dressed. Show up. Show up fully. Yeah. Show up with your hair, yeah. your makeup, your your kit, everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, because I can't stand to see a nasty looking kid either. Like, uh-uh. <laughs> Especially, and I think COVID is really making people um, be more aware and they're watching these kits and clients are looking at kits. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, but that's just basic one-on-one working in the industry is just making sure that you are taking safety and sanitation um, very, very seriously. It's, right. I mean, because we work in a very um, up-close and personal type of an environment and so the safety of our clients should be a top priority I totally agree yeah because you don't want to get sued Mm -hmm. for somebody breaking out from your dirty brush yeah (laughs) right but you mentioned that you travel a lot and one of the questions Mm -hmm. that I get here on the podcast is how do you travel with your kid so what are some tips that you can share with us for traveling with your makeup um it goes back to paring down your kit 
and taking, really thinking about exactly what you need. Um, I carry on as much as possible. Um, I'm going to be going to Nashville for a week next week, and so I'm in the process of packing my kit now. So normally what I do is I take the, make, the makeup on the plane with me, and then like my hair tools, I will just um, pack those, you know, check them in. But what I do, I do think about, okay, if for some reason my luggage gets lost, what do I need to complete the job, you know, in my carry-on? And so I just, you know, really tear down what I take, um, just making sure that all liquid, you know, just following all the regular TSA um, guidelines that we, you know, follow when we're traveling for leisure. Um, but I just try to make sure I minimize what I'm taking with me on a job. Mm, yes, um, I was and I'm and I'm really big into investing in quality luggage, right? Um, how, how, how does that luggage, you know, how does it feel pulling it? Are you carrying it on your back? Um, all that type of thing. So you have to kind of make sure that your, whatever, uh, luggage that you're taking is comfortable to you. Mm. Cause what if you got to run through the airport or, you know, you just never know. <laughs> oh my gosh. The thought of having to run through the airport. I've once went somewhere without having a carry-on that had wheels on it. So I had this big mm. duffel and I'm running mm. through the airport. It was ridiculous. This was when I was still green yeah. and I didn't travel much. So how do you mm. deal with going through TSA though? Do you ever like think, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm going to open my kit and throw away some of my makeup? That's always my I, biggest I, fear. It is a fear and they will throw away products. Like I've had them, you know, take products that were, you know, Full size, I'm like, Renata, you know better. Like, you should have checked that. <laughs> or, you know, things like scissors and tweezers and things like that. I try to make sure that I pack those things together um, and just so that they're separate and people can easily identify them. Um, but I just, I'm really big into travel size products. I know it's probably a better investment to buy full size products, but if a makeup line has travel size, I pack travel size. I, yes, I pack and mm-hmm. I buy lots of travel size. Yeah. It's because just I do not want to carry so much full easier. Size. Yeah. The yeah. only thing that's not really broken down in my kit is my MAC powders. I refuse to take them yeah. out of packaging. Like, right. I want to, but it's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. They have to yeah. stay. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. So let's talk personal because you mm-hmm. are a mom and mm-hmm. a wife. Mm-hmm. How do you balance? going to work and working in such a overwhelming field. Well, it could be overwhelming and then coming mm-hmm. home and still being a mom and a wife. And if I'm not mistaken, you homeschool one of your sons, right? Yeah. So last year during the pandemic, we did homeschooling and um, I want to go back and just clarify that there's really no true balance. And I think that's something that we have to really accept and realize that there's always going to be something that needs a little bit more of you than something else, you know? So there's no real true balance, I feel. Um, so I think that can take a lot of pressure off of people. Um, but one thing as a mother, and like I said, I started my career, you know, almost 30 years old, um, had a child. I had my second son at 33. And so, um, I just, and it took me a long time to get to this point. I'm a mother first. My family comes first. And um, some moments I have to say no, and I have to be okay with saying no. And it, I don't feel like it has taken me away from my career. I feel like it hadn't slowed me down, but I'm just at a nice steady pace. And I just, I do what I can do. I use my calendar heavily. You have to have a great support system uh, in your partner, your husband, your spouse, whoever, your family members. Um, And so I wouldn't be able to do a lot of things without that family support system. But also just making sure I carve out that time for my kids and saying, you know what? I only want to work three, four days a week. Um, you know, the other days are going to be reserved for my family. And I, and when I initially started, I worked a lot of hours and I work at night. 
And so, you know, my son would be in school all day and then I would really only see him one hour a day. And I will tell you, that was the hardest, hardest thing because I felt so much guilt. I knew that I was sacrificing because I was really building my career to create a good foundation for them. Um, but at the same time, it didn't negate what was really important and is that as a mom, being there for your children, being there for, the, for your family, but also being there for yourself and knowing when it's time to take that time off and say, you know what, I need a break. I need some downtime. I know probably the first, I slept the first three months of COVID because I didn't realize how tired and exhausted I was from working so much. Um, you know, I work a full-time job, but I also still have weddings. I do gigs on the side, like I have a full schedule. Um, and so COVID has really taught me to prioritize and to really schedule that time for myself. Hey, I need to go to the doctor. Hey, I need to get a massage. Hey, I just need a day to do nothing. Hey, I need a day for errands. Like you got to really look at your schedule and prioritize that time for yourself and just be okay that you're not going to be able to do everything. I agree. I agree. So yeah. what does day-to-day life look like for you? Like a working day, you're going to set and then you're still coming home. You have your mom life, mm-hmm. wife life. Like what, what does a day-to-day look like? Yeah. So my day-to-day, um, I normally, I'm not an early person. So when I have to do early gigs, it is just like, I have to mentally prepare myself for like a week. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, you got to be on set at six. That is like torture for me. <laughs> I'm just not an early person. Um, I like to ease into my day. I'm not one of those people that the alarm clock goes off and then you just pop up, get ready and hit the door. No, I need to ease into my day. So now that my son is back in school, because we did put him back into school this year, um, I normally get up at seven. We are out of the house by 7.45. So I try to do as much nighttime preparation as possible. Um, Because I work at nighttime in uh, the TV world, I normally have my full day. So that's when I might take a private client or do photography shoots. I kind of pretty much leave it open. And on days that I'm not working with clients, I use that as admin time. And so that is managing invoices, uh, managing the business. Um, that is connecting with people via email, responding to brides. You know, I usually kind of carve out at least two days a week where I have some admin time. Um, I pick up my school, my son from school, he, school ends at 3.15, so we can pick him up by 6. So we do have some flexibility for a few hours. Um, and then it's just kind of like getting ready for the next day, getting uh a meal prepared or ordering something. I'm not one of those people who is really into gender roles. I am like all hands on deck. Um, Hey, if I can't make a home cooked meal, I don't feel bad about it. We ordering something. Um, So it's just like relieving yourself from that pressure. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to set up your day to what fits for you, but don't feel bad if your kids can't get a home cooked meal five days a week. Like, We are working women. This is the 21st century. You have to really um, set up your life in a way that makes sense and not feel bad about it, you know, because we are working and there's no way that you can do everything um, and still have that rest. And, and, you know, it's just it'll create a less stressful uh, space for yourself if you just kind of really set your boundaries. Renata. That was a word. I love that. Like, I'm jumping inside. When you said we are working women, listen, we are working women and it's the 21st century and we don't have time for all that. I don't have kids, but if I did, these kids can eat pizza today or cereal. They are fine. They're not going to die. One thing that's been really helpful for me is understanding that in our career, every day looks different. So I asked myself, what is my best today? My best some days mm-hmm. may be just responding to two emails. Next day, my yeah. best may be doing 10 tests, but every day doesn't have to be jam-packed. And I, I right. leave room to give myself grace. So, yes, mm-hmm. I love to wash my dishes at night and clean down the kitchen, but some nights it's not going to give that and nothing's mm-hmm. going to happen. I'm going to rinse these things. I'm going right. to put them in the dishwasher and go to bed. Like, every, exactly. every day is different. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing as an artist, we have to prioritize our health 
and that includes our physical health, our mental health, our spiritual health. Um, and so I am adamant about my sleep. I need eight hours. Um, when Before the pandemic, I would try to schedule at least an hour, hour and a half for a nap um, during the day before I would go to my nighttime shift. Um, and you, you just got to know your body. You got to know what your body needs. And um, I'm not into this hustle grind culture to the point where you cannot take care of yourself. Because as a mother, if you cannot take care of yourself, you cannot take care of anyone else. And that is something that I've really started to um, make a priority in the last year, especially with COVID. It's just like, you got to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure that you're getting those uh, massages, that you're eating a proper meal, um, that you are at least trying to walk 30 minutes a day. And I'm still trying to develop that routine. But when it comes to my sleep, I do not play. I schedule eight hours. Um, you know, I have an alarm. I set myself a little alarm. Okay, girl, it's time to wind down for bed. <laughs> like, I just try to get myself into a really good nighttime routine so that I can get that full eight hours. Mm-hmm. Our favorite quote here on the podcast is by the great Lauren Hill. How you going to win when you ain't right within? And I talk right. a lot about sleep because I'm like you. I am not mm-hmm. a morning person. I am not one of those 5 a.m. girls. Like, shout out, to, yeah. shout out to the women who can do it, but that's just not me. Yes. I love to sleep, yes. and I like to ease into my day. Some days, if I don't have to work, I will get out to bed at 1030, and then I'm going to take yeah. a whole hour and sit and journal and meditate, and, and then I'm going to get Absolutely. up and make breakfast. So. Every day is not going to be 5 a.m. And I'm like you, if I Mm -hmm. have to be to work early, the call time is 4 a.m. I am mentally preparing for it for two days. Don't ask me to come out the house two days prior because I (laughs) have to, I got to get my mind right. Like, you know, you know, the struggle of getting up, dragging your stuff to your car and then going to work and being on set. When they say 4 a.m., you're really there at 3.50. You're really there at 3.30. You're set yes. up at 4 a.m. Yes. <laughs> right. You're pulling you're pulling in the parking lot at 3.15 because you just never know in this area. You just never know. I like to give myself a whole hour before I need to be somewhere because I'm just so conscious about time. And, and working in live television has really programmed me because you cannot be a second late. Like, you cannot be... Like, it affects the whole thing. So, I'm really conscious about time and so I try to give myself a whole hour before I need to be somewhere and so if I'm just sitting there you know waiting um having you know a little cup of tea or whatever I'm you know that's perfect but I never want to be kind of rushing into a situation because it just kind of sets off the vibe you know for the whole day so just give give yourself plenty of time give yourself plenty of time and then next thing you know, I, I like to say production is hurry up and wait. You're sitting there, you're drinking your tea, and the next thing you know, they're like, makeup! And throwing the person yeah. tea, like, you got five minutes! Now you're like, wow! Right. But thank God you were yeah. set up. I mean, I hate to be it, so dramatic, but it's dramatic just like it's, that. It's dramatic. <laughs> it is, it's very dramatic. You, you think, oh, it's just makeup. But you are a very vital person in the crew um and so I never want people to feel like oh it's just makeup or people to treat this like oh it's just a hobby um no we are very vital to the production and so um you know we're we're important people mm-hmm. yeah they say makeup mm-hmm. is below the line but no I we are like Mm-mm. top tier we're up right. here we're with, top tier. next to the director and the producer <laughs> right we're, we're there right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And we want our respect mm-hmm. now. Put some respect on yeah. makeup and hair, okay? Yeah, we want our respect <laughs> and we want our money. <laughs> we want our money on time, okay? We want the we want it before the net thirty. We want mm-hmm. it net five, okay? We want it right. net two. Matter of fact, on receipts, run us our coins because we're the, we're really the most important oh, person man. here after camera. <laughs> So I have one more question for you. Yeah. First off, I want to say congratulations because you're in the union. I oh my gosh. We- I can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> I've been dying to talk about this. Um, so congratulations because we know that joining the union is a process. And when I first met you, you were telling me like what you were going through as far as joining, 
I don't want to jump yeah. ahead and tell your story. So could you explain to us what is union yeah. and what was the process like for you? So being a part of the union, it, it kind of is like almost, I would say it's like getting a PhD in makeup almost. That's how strenuous the process is. Just how emotionally like, uh. <laughs> um, but what it does, it's a it's an organization that really advocates for people in the hair and makeup industry. And I'm a part of Local 798, which represents the East Coast. And then there's Local 706 for the West Coast. But this allows you to, again, open up another lane for income um, and creativity, but allows you to participate in TV, episodics. So think of things like Saturday Night Live or your favorite TV series. Like, I love The Queen's Gambit. I love uh, The Morning Show. So it allows you to be able to be on set and participate in those type of productions and also film. And so, um, you know, I like to share the story that I didn't get in the first time I applied. And I think that's important for people to hear and to know that, you know, um, you know, timing is everything. And I could have let that denial really deter me from trying again or really, I mean, it was a little gut punch to the ego, but I feel like it was necessary. But also I feel like the timing was right. Um, the first time that I didn't get in, it was, I can't say it was shocking because I knew at that moment in my life, I had a lot going on, you know, with my family, my mom had gotten sick. And so um, I just wasn't the right time for my career to be trying to jump into that particular lane. And then I didn't reapply the following year. I took a break. Um, Cause again, I recognized that, you know, timing isn't right for me. And then I reapplied in 2020 and was able to get in, but um, I just tell people it, it is a process. If you're interested in doing it, please consider it. It is, um, it's a year long process. If you go to the union website for local 98, pull the application and just start taking a look at what the requirements are. And just, it really helped me exercise some different parts of my brain. I'm a beauty artist. I don't have an opportunity to do a lot of special effects, but it really helped me uh, get excited about tapping into this other piece. And so that was fun. Um, my eight-year-old was a huge part of um, the process because I would just practice on him and he was excited. He thought it was fun. So, um, you know, when I got in, I just immediately thought about, and I cried. <laughs> I would have too. Because I'm just like, I haven't been through anything like this in a long time. Um, as far as like the process and just trying to put everything together. Um, and so it's, a, it's an exciting time. But again, it's just one of those things that it just allows me to be able to um, just add another leg of opportunity when it comes to, you know, building, building my brand and building myself up as an artist. Listen, I would have boohooed. And that's why I was so happy for you when you joined. I think I shared your post like three times. Because the process of getting in union, I'm currently doing mm -hmm. my process and just, it does make you use different parts of your brain, which is super fun because yeah. you have to do a bald cap and then you yeah. have to lay facial hair. You're doing bullet mm -hmm. wounds and black eyes and broken noses. And it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. When you're a beauty artist, you're so used to the clean and the fine line. Yeah. So it's like, whoa, got to tap back into mm -hmm. your roots for a minute because this Absolutely. is basic stuff that you also learn in cosmetology or makeup school yeah. depending on where you go so it is fun kind of revisiting that moment yeah yeah it's just another tool and you know I'm really big about having tools in your toolbox I use tv as a tool um and for me uh working in tv creates this stability that a lot of makeup artists don't always have and so it allowed me to uh, create a nice financial foundation which I think a lot of us need to take more seriously um, makeup artistry is fast money. I call it drug dealer money. It's like you can go and do a wedding and make like a thousand dollars in a day. Like it's such fast money, mm -hmm. but nobody's really um, thinking about okay, how do I set myself up for retirement? Um, I don't want to be a sixty-year-old makeup artist where I have to like rely 
on booking gigs. Like, so I'm just really trying to set myself up to have like a good, solid foundation to where you got a 401k, you've got health insurance, you, you know, you're thinking about long-term care insurance. Um, you have the finances to buy real estate and invest your money. Like it's, it's a very um, lucrative career, but you really have to plan and really take your financial foundation seriously. And so I talk a lot about, you know, having those tools, you know, it also helps you to really focus on while you're there. Because I think with any corporate, any makeup room where you have a lot of people working in a small space, you got workplace drama. You got things that are happening around you. But when you are, you're like, you know, I'm not here for that. I'm here so I can build a 401k. I'm here so I can, you know, build this emergency fund. It really helps you focus. Like, this is my tool, and I'm not going to let any outside influences mess with that tool. I love that, and I'm so glad you mentioned that. That was my last question. I was going to say, sorry, Renata, mm-hmm. but I have one more question. Because when you <laughs> mentioned that on... When we were doing BTS of Brit Live, it was like, psh, yeah. people were going yeah. crazy about that because they don't realize as a makeup artist, you can tap into so much money so quickly yeah. that you think, oh, I don't need to save this. Oh, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. Or you look at it mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just going to throw it in the bank, not realizing like, no, you need a business bank account. You need an LLC. You need this. You need that. Because when it's yeah. time to file your taxes or get a house or a car, mm-hmm. they are not going to care about your little thousand dollars that you made from this wedding just now, they're going to want to see the paperwork. Show us the contracts. Yes. Yes. They want to, they want, they want paperwork. And so I just, you know, you look at artists who we looked up to and you know, they've gotten older and it's like, where are they now? It's like, you know, this also to this environment that we work in is don't focus on social media likes and, who's the next celebrity artist. I had no interest in working with celebrities. I have been able to build a very solid career. Um, and, and there's just so many different ways and so many different lanes that you can go into. Don't get discouraged if you don't have 40,000 followers. Like at the end of the day, it's who's calling your phone, who's booking you, and, and all those invoices coming in. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's really what it, and what's on the invoice? Because we know that there are artists who do celebrities and they're getting yeah. $150 per face for doing these celebrities. And we're on production and we're making eight to yeah. $10,000 in a week, depending on what yeah. you're working on. So yeah, yeah I, I had to learn. You cannot get caught up in followers. And then sometimes yeah. those really big artists I mean, yes, they're going to get booked to be the face of something, you know, to be the influencer. But there's always a makeup artist on set, on the background to make sure that everything is going well. And nine times out of ten, they're getting paid more than the on-camera personality. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. I always say don't compare yourself because you never know what's coming on the other side of, you know, what this person is going through. So yeah, you don't absolutely. want their job without absolutely. having their life or their struggle, or they may not even mm-hmm. make any real money. That's very true. Very true. I'm just here to tell you, like, you can have children and and, and have a family, and you can start late in your 30s, and you can do whatever it is that you want to do. You just have to be comfortable with what your path is and not really compare yourself to other people. And so I hope that this really resonates for people who are kind of in my my lane where, um, you know, you've got a lot of different things that you're juggling, but you can still create this level of success for yourself. And you determine what that is. That shouldn't be determined by anything else. It just, you know, for some people, it, for me, it's just being able to pay my bills, being able to go on a nice vacation, being able to... Um, consistently work and 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 grow and and learn. So, to me, that is my level of success. And even I've had to take some time in the last six months and be like, okay, when is enough enough? Like, we live in a culture where it's always like more, 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 more. We got to do more. And it's like, why can't I just kind of be constant? Why can't I just be okay with being comfortable at this phase where I am? 
Um, you know, doing all the things that I love to do. I'm rested. I'm spending time with family. Why can't that be enough? So we got to really be careful, as especially as women, too. Um, really determine, okay, when is enough enough for you? Mm-hmm. I love it. That mm-hmm. was a word for myself. Go ahead and drop your cash app. so that we can give uh make our tithes and offerings because that was a word that was great yeah I love Mm -hmm. that I hear a lot of artists and a lot of my mentors say what does success look like to you don't carry on somebody else's success and legacy make your own and I think that's great just get into a place where you're comfortable and coasting because listen Mm -hmm. I'm like you lord knows I'm not trying to be 60 years old still trying to book a gig no 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 I want to be 60 showing up saying hey guys come to my master class once a year and going back into hiding (laughs) that's it but it's so unfortunate Mm -hmm. we have seen people in our industry who just were not managing their finances well and unfortunately are in their 60s and 70s still having Mm -hmm. to work and not knowing yeah. when enough was enough. So they just kept chasing after something that wasn't meant for them. Yeah. So. Or you have people who didn't take the advantage of having families or finding love or really creating a personal life. And that is another thing. It's like, don't be afraid to, hey, if you want to get married and have a baby, don't be afraid to do that. Like, take the time out that you need to have a life and enjoy yourself and you know, fulfill yourself on a personal level. The work will be there. You will be able to get back in there. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, so I, I also, because there are a lot of, you know, people, especially in my circle, who don't have kids. They don't, you know, they're not married. And it's not for everybody. I'm not saying that you, that should be what you want. But if that's what you want, don't be afraid to take the time out and really um, do the things that you personally enjoy. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. That was yeah. great. Yeah, because we mm-hmm. were just talking about this on live. We were saying how the industry will have you afraid to step back and have kids and get married. And I spent majority of my 20s just drowning in my career, just head first in it, that one day I looked up and realized, wow, my friends are going on vacation and they're doing this. And it's like, well, what are yeah. you doing, Brittany? Oh, I'm at work. And while I'm <laughs> grateful that, you know, I built this mm-hmm. great career for myself at the same time, I forgot to live. So I'm glad that yeah. you mentioned that because there were times where it was like, I'm not doing that because I got to go work. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, <sighs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that I was able to share my perspective. Um, because I think it's important to have a lot of different people share their path, especially in this industry. So I, I really appreciate you seeing the value of what what I could offer. Oh, listen, you are going to be one of our fan favorites, recurring artists <laughs> on the show. I need you back every season and everything that I listen. do. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I would really love to talk about also um, the money aspect, too. And... Um, I am so grateful. I bought a home in in the pandemic, and I hadn't bought a home in 20 years. Yes, congratulations. Listen. Oh, okay, I'm going to yeah. bring it back so we can talk money, because I've been saying <laughs> for some time now that you should teach a finance course for makeup artists, because you will be surprised yeah. how the kids don't know how to manage their finances. I mean, I've been guilty yeah. of it, too, because there was a time where I thought I was getting money back for my taxes, and I thought that was great. I didn't have to pay anything. It was just a mess. I, I, it was a mess. Yes. And then you got, when you do start making money, and the IRS is like, knock, 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 you owe us. What does that look like? <laughs> Woo! Yeah. I got a letter from the IRS saying that I owed a little more than what I owe. You should have seen me looking at that envelope like, mm, do I want to open this? <laughs> By the grace of God, it wasn't a lot. I think it was like... yeah. Probably like a thousand dollars. I was like, okay, that's yeah. not bad. But I, I just knew I was gonna open up the envelope and it was gonna say twenty thousand. IRS is yeah. like, oh, and they and they get their money. They get their money. So it's just like you got to really plan for it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I. Look, mm-hmm. I'm about to take it too far and have a whole nother conversation. So I'm gonna save that for another time. Yes. I'm gonna bring you back so we can talk 
Strictly Finances. But before we go, we have a section of the podcast called mm. Last Looks. And as you know, yes. in our industry, Last Looks is the time where we get to step in and do final touch-ups on the talent before we roll on the take. So before we roll yeah. out for today, what are your parting words, some um, advice, uh, it could be an affirmation, something you want to share with our listeners. Mm, one thing that I want to share is um, your network is, is going to be your superpower in building and growing in this industry. And so be secure in yourself enough to know that it's okay to have a circle of people that you can rely on and connect with and share. And when I, you know, I always, when I can't do something, I look at my circle of five people and that's who I, you know, shift that work to. And I'm very secure in myself and knowing that, you know what, I can't do everything. I, you know, so I want to be able to share it with my people. And if I know something, if I have an inside tip on something, I'm going to share it with my people. Um, but that's because I'm very secure in who I am. And so I, it really breaks my heart when, when artists are closed fist and they're so guarded. And I know it's probably from previous hurts or fears, but you know, just be open and just just know that it's, it's good to have a community of artists that can take that ride with you. It'll really help you. And um, that's what I wanted to share. I think it's super important. I love that. Renata, mm-hmm. you have warmed my heart with this conversation. I'm Aww. just so blessed that <laughs> we all got to experience you today and just the energy that you bring. I am about to walk out the studio and just be on cloud nine. So right. <laughs> thank you again for joining us. I really appreciate you. And we'll see you next time when we talk about finances. All right. So next Wait time. Before you go, though, how can okay. we stay connected with you? I'm sorry. I got so excited. Oh. And I'm like, I know and love Renata, but wait a minute. <laughs> I have to make sure that the backstage club knows you. So tell us how we can gotcha, stay connected gotcha, with gotcha. you. So Instagram, of course, Renata Lynette Beauty. Um, my website is RenataLynette.com. Um, so those two places you can connect with me because there's links for my email and to contact me by phone. But, you know, I just. I try to just share a little bit of my day-to-day on there, um, but I love connecting with new people, and if there's any way that I can help anybody, I'm, I'm happy to do it. You are the best, and yes, she will really help you. Like, I slide in Renata's DMs, and I'm like, <laughs> help me. <laughs> Between you and Tiff, I'm in the DMs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thanks happy to again help. for being here, and until next Thank time, you. we have our finance chat. That's a wrap. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Wow. I don't know about y'all, but my edges are completely snatched, okay? (laughs) Renata just came through with so many gems. And I want to know what was your favorite part from today's episode. So slide up in my DMs or leave me a comment on uh, my makeup page at Brittany Rogers or at BTS with Brit. Me personally, it was when we talked about making big girl moves and leveling up and using production as a tool. That's one thing that Renata and I have talked about so many times and she's changed my whole outlook on how I should approach production. So again, this episode was not only for you all, but me too, because I really needed this. I walked away from this episode so motivated and so inspired. So I really hope that it blessed you again, guys, before we go, don't forget to go to BrittanyRogersEvents.com and sign up for the backstage club, because I do not want you guys to miss this something special. And I know you guys are so tired of hearing me say that I'm ready to give you all details. Okay. I'm, I'm ready to unload the clip because there's so many great things happening Um, under the Britney Rogers makeup brand and the BTS with Brit brand. And I am just grateful, excited, and grateful to have you guys here by my side in the backstage crew. You you know, I love y'all. If you pull up on me on Instagram live, you know that I love you all and you all are family. But anyway, I think that's all my church announcements here. Oh, also, if you have a question that you would like answered on the podcast, Uh, you want some advice or anything like that, feel free to slide up in my DMs and send me a message at underscore Brittany Rogers or at BTS with Brit, and I'll share it right here on the podcast on our last look section. 
All right, guys. I think that's everything that I have for our church announcements this week. So I'm going to let you guys go. But until next time, I love you guys from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to sanitize your makeup kit and wear your mask because the run is still on the streets. And listen, we got to stay healthy and take your vitamins. So be kind to one another, hug one another, love one another. Love you guys.